0: good people of los angeles welcome back to another episode of the fc fc fsa fsa pod we've got none other than larry friedman tonight in the backyard if you know larry you know he's got he's got stories man he's got stories about chicago he's got stories about sports he is the type of guy you could sit in the backyard with for a couple hours and just talk all things lafc and otherwise Mm -hmm. and that's what we get into tonight Slim, you want to hit him with the warning? It was a little bit of a noisy night tonight. Yeah.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the backyard of Dweez's place in Expo Park. There are helicopters flying, horns honking. Pendulce, man, I think his horn's broken because he's been yelling the last couple weeks. Panduza, Um And as per usual, I do have a potty mouth. I do intend to use it. And Larry joins me a little with the <laughs> potty mouthness because the two scholars are too damn nice. Hey. And if you feel like you shouldn't be listening to profanity because you're a worker around kids, you should probably stop listening now. Fuck everybody. FCFC.
2: Light that candle.
3: La vela está encendida. The are back. Back in black.
1: Welcome to the FCFC pod where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. I am your host Slim, sitting across from me is Big Dweez, Yo. to my left is Sleepy Josh Spice. Right. It's been a hard week at work. No, Clipper man. I'm Clipper here. gang. <laughs> Running with the clips. And today we have a very special guest. I've called Rich our OGs on this pod before, and if Rich is the OG, this gentleman right here is like the shot caller that you never see, but he's the one, you know, pressing the buttons and stuff. Oh, we have Mr. Larry Friedman in the backyard today. How you doing, sir? I am doing very well. Cheers, Thank cheers, you for cheers, having cheers. me. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here.
0: We got some Hennessy NCL smoothies back here.
1: Right We're taking we it back to the beginning. You have quite the spread. I have to commend you on the spread. We got some Pandoce. Uh It's a little bit, it's getting a little chilly in California right now. So the backyard is back to the nippy ways that it was when we first started this pod. And, as per usual, Dweez, why don't you start us off with the first question?
0: Larry's a... Loyal and longtime listener of the pod, so he knows it's coming. But we want to hear the oldest football memory from you, Lair.
3: So let's first level set, right? So I'm what? I must be twice as old as each of you, because I'm 56. I have a 34-year-old older son. Are you guys uh-huh. even? I'm, I'm 30. Oh, I'm turning 34. Slim and I are right in that neighborhood. Yeah, 28. Oh shit. That's yeah. my younger son. So <laughs>
4: I'm your son now.
3: Yes, you are my son now. <laughs> you and Ben Chi. Um, just collecting ben, a career. Foster foster yes, yes. Ben, under, ben, ben Chi, who uh, affectionately refers to me in all forms of communication as Abba. <laughs> um, it's just the, the way I'm it my is. father. Jesus. Yes. So, my oldest football memory.
0: It's uh, the uh, man. Yeah, Wow. He's medicine. really going for it. Um, okay.
3: So, oldest football memory and again, I, asked, I brought up the age thing because I grew up in an era like no cable television. And so sports was, you know, few and far between in terms of content. Mm. So I know that on the wide world of sports, which was a Saturday afternoon show on ABC, where you could end up watching, you know, anything weightlifting, Irish curling, rugby, bowling. You know, you just watch whatever was on, boxing. And the highlight reel at the front when they talked about the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, there was always uh, a global football highlight. More often than not, it was Pele. Mm. Um, So I remember that because I know, I had awareness of Pele. And, and that that was the greatest football player on the planet. Mm. And, again, no cable TV. So you had your VHF and your UHF. Mm-hmm. So you had your, in Chicago where I grew up, it was 257, were your CBS, NBC, ABC. Mm-hmm. And then on the UHF, you had, you know, uh, in Chicago you had Channel 32, where you got your three stooges, your little rascals, and stuff like that after school. And there was Channel 26, which was a hodgepodge of some religious content and some Spanish-language content. And I couldn't even tell you what I was watching, <laughs> but the the goal call oh. was, is vivid memory on a black-and-white television in my room. Um... You know, just go. And then the more, you know, the truly vivid memories are, you know, kind of late 70s, starting to play in high school, Mm. and becoming a season ticket holder of the Chicago Sting of the North American Soccer League. Wow. Which... Unlike going to Bank of California Stadium, um, and I always say this when I bring it up, you know, you had to look at the ticket Mm. because on any given match day, you could be going to Soldier Field where the Bears played. And let me tell you, 3,000 people watching a soccer game on, you know, turf in a 65,000 seat. NFL Stadium is not a good look. Um, Or you'd go to the old Comiskey Park where the White Sox played. Mm. Or Wrigley Field where the Cubs played. So. Didn't even have a home, really. No home. Complete vagabonds. Complete Mm. vagabonds. But the league at that time, you know, Pele came over, Giorgio Canalia. Kurt Mueller Cruyff ended up here Hugo Sanchez Mm. George Best Mexico Georgie Best um we had uh the great Karl Heinz Granitza who was a little bit like uh the current current version of Zlatan where it's like give me the ball and if you don't give me the ball why didn't you give me the ball kind of guy so he was a douche Uh, back (laughs) (laughs) then you said it man um and we had a guy by the name of Arno Steffenhagen, who had a great mustache and could really play. And Wim Van Hannigan, who was on the Netherlands team that lost to Germany mm-hmm. in the World Cup final in 70-whatever that was. '74, 78, oh. something like that. Um, so that's the earliest smattering of yeah.
0: uh, football memories. So, before we get into the helicopter overhead, no, before we get into um, you know how you came to LAFC and all that, sure, I am a little, I am a little curious about Chicago. Have either of you ever been to Chicago? Yes. What? What? Give me your impressions. Slim. I got
1: shot at my first visit in Chicago.
0: True. That story. Yes. Tell that story, Slim. Uh,
1: I was out there for a trade show. Um, became friends with like people that were working the front desk at the hotel, and they happened to be celebrating a birthday that weekend, so we went to a club. And then uh, I drove my rental out to the club, partied, we were supposed to go to hit up a cafe after, I got lost, ended up in the neighborhood, pretty tweaked out looking Puerto Rican dudes or something, just standing on a street corner, that said something to us, I didn't hear anything, so I just it was at a stop sign, so I went on, and I'd see them in my rear view like walk out to the middle of the street still like you know waving their arms and then I hear pop 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 so I just like, swerve into the neighborhood. <laughs>
4: oh
1: shit. Yeah.
4: Your city's responsible
1: for this but wow. downtown Chicago is the most beautiful downtown in all of the US. There it is. That's a nice yeah.
4: that's a nice twist
1: of fate. Right so there. just don't don't leave downtown, don't get lost. Stay in the college cities and stuff, but Chicago's amazing. Just don't get lost. What's the bean what's the
0: bean called? The glowing the the silver
1: the bean. That's, that's my Grand I think it's just called the yeah, bean. Yeah.
0: That isn't it? Called
1: the bean. Yeah, the it? bean. Yeah, you just Millennium stand Millennium Park, it. something like that. Yes, yeah. Millennium Park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, by far, the nicest downtown I've seen in the states. but You Don't get lost. Yeah. Don't get lost. Italian beefs are amazing. Shout out Portillos. <laughs> oh, there you go. And Al's. you know, there's a Portillos in Buena Park. Yep. But that's. I'm from Cerrito so I used to go there all the
3: time. Yeah. No, that's a uh, that's a annual pilgrimage. Blackhawks at the docks. Ugh. Put on your Indian head sweater. You hit Portillo's, and it's like walking into any neighborhood around Chicago before a hockey game, because the entire place is filled with people in Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Jonathan Tays jerseys. There's no Ducks, nothing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Chicago people eating Super their hot Chicago. dogs and some chocolate cake shakes.
0: At the, du- at the Duck game that night, how many more Chicago, is, is it pretty Chicago? Well, all I can do? tell you
3: is Game 7, Western Conference Finals 2015-ish, sort it. of early days of LAFC. Oh, man, it, was, it had to be 60% Blackhawks fans. Was that, they, was that one at the Ducks or that, that was, was here at the Kings? No, it was at the Ducks? King, Ducks yeah. And they the the Hawks went up early and just skated them out of the building. Um, yeah, and my older son's a Duck fan, so <laughs> that's kind of a bad. Well, it's good but bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so, you're, I mean, but you're like a thorough sports fan for Chicago across the board, right? Like, growing up there... Growing you fall, you up, for me, those, those
3: it teams. was... You know, the Chicago Bears were terrible in my youth. Mm. Um, again, back in the day when they played 12 games, then they played 14 mm. games, none of this 16 or whatever. Mm. Um, and they were just awful. Um, the joke was, because we had Walter Payton, you know, one of, if not the best all-around player ever to play in the NFL. And the joke was it was four Ps. Peyton, Peyton, pass, punt. It was (laughs) terrible. And and we had a kicker. uh, Well, we had Bobby Douglas who was a left-handed quarterback who one year ran for either a thousand yards or almost a thousand yards because that's what he did. And he threw the ball too hard to catch. (laughs) Um, And we had a kicker, Bob Thomas, uh-huh. who I think is now a judge. Might have even been on the Supreme Court uh, of the state of Illinois. And the joke about Bob Thomas always was, hey, Slim, did you hear Bob Thomas tried to commit suicide? <laughs> yeah, but it was, it, the shot was wide to
1: the left, <laughs> right? So you
4: Chicago guys uh, are tough, man. Yeah, Jeez. Tough Chicago crowd, sports fans um,
1: are, are like, I think, they're definitely in the top five. It's it's pretty hardcore. So uh, Bears, Blackhawks,
3: Bobby Hall, Stan Makita, late yep. great Stan Makita. Um, Socks or Cubbies? No, you can't do both, man. Socks I mean, or Cubbies? Socks or oh, Cubbies? Like the the the, the Cubs, um, <laughs> the White Sox. Um, it's it it. I was curious last. NFL season, to see what would have happened had the Chargers gone to the Super Bowl and won. Because, like, in L.A., it's really not a thing. Yeah. Like, really, really not a thing. And so, when the White Sox won, it was kind of like that. Because it's it's predominantly a Cubs town. Mm. And... Were That's, you
4: happy for your, your White Sox fan friends? No. Are, other, <laughs> other no, X-Men? man.
3: I never rooted so hard for the fucking Houston Astros <laughs> in my life. The cheater. The cheater. The, the cheating, cheating. Astros. Astros. Yeah, That Astros. was... Uh, I was listening to that in the car today. That is... Uh, That's wild. That it's just tremendous. ain't right. It's that just shit.
1: ain't
0: right. Um, so is it primarily a... Cubs? Break it down for me. Actually, my dad was a Cubs fan. I don't know why growing up. He has no connection to Chicago. I'll tell you and, why. But... Before you tell me why, is, okay. is, is the difference between the Sox and the Cubs, the longevity? Is the, have the Cubs just been around a lot longer?
3: Cubs have been around a lot longer, um, but you also had... The Cubs were on WGN Channel 9, and they were on uh, WGN Radio. Mm. And WGN Radio um, is a signal where when the sun goes down and you're driving in Nebraska or Iowa, you pick up WGN. Mm. Um, And the Superstation, WGN, was on all of the earliest versions of cable television because it had Bozo Circus, and I believe Bozo might have just passed away, so rest in peace, Bozo. Bozo. Um, You know, stuff like the Andy Griffith show and, you know, that kind of programming. Mm -hmm. Um... So I can remember being out here as a kid, like in the 70s, and my great-aunt and uncle lived um, in the not-fancy part of Beverly Hills by Roxbury Park um, in a two-flat. And they had cable, because you had to have cable out here. Mm -hmm. And they had WGN. Mm -hmm. So people all over were able to watch Chicago Cubs baseball. Cubs Cubs. games, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the White Sox were on one of these... You know, up the dial from uh, the Little Rascals, you know, not on the main mm-hmm. um, The VH UHD it. life. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Did other teams have that, like, ability to be broadcast either by radio or TV into so many other American homes outside yeah. their cities? Atlanta like Braves, another, yeah, Atlanta Braves. Braves?
3: Yeah, PBS, CBS,
4: CBS The and, Cowboys are big because of that as well, right? Yeah. Well, so, the
3: Cowboys were just, you know, they were dubbed America's team. And they were just always on, like Monday night football. And oh, it's so okay. funny because, like now Monday night football is whatever because we can sit around on a Sunday, watch whichever game it. You know, for me it was ten o'clock growing up. Yes, yeah. noon. Um, red zone. Red zone. You can watch them all. Yeah. You know, and then you get the later game, <laughs> and now you got Sunday night football. Um, I mean they even used to have Monday night baseball. Yeah. Like, oh my God, there's gonna be a baseball that game. That? On <laughs> Um, so And I think uh, W.O.R. out of New York that had the Mets, yeah. in New York
4: uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morton
3: Downey show.
4: We just needed the Yankees, man. The Yankees had, were already playing their own cable network, so the Mets had to get some extra exposure there. But, uh,
3: yeah,
4: there
1: it is. Yeah, no one cares about the Yankees. Shut up. There's <laughs> a lot of people who care about the Yankees.
0: <laughs> but it's interesting because, like, I even now don't fully understand. Larry just filled a segment of my life that didn't make much sense. Like, my dad just had these, like, wow. Cubs hats, and he was just, like, talking about baseball, which I hated, and, like, I <laughs> just didn't so. understand, and eventually, like, we convinced him to, like, come over to the dark side, and, like, there were a whole bunch of, like, he tried to, like, lure me, he's like, look, man, like, if you just play baseball, like, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. everything's gonna be good, i are gonna get you a, right a car, like, when you get old enough to drive, and I was just, like can't do it man I just can't play but he was just like but you gotta watch the Cubs and like the, I remember the Ivy you're talking to a guy who like really doesn't watch this sport so forgive me for all the people who the like Ivy. are huge into <laughs> baseball and know what these things are called but like you know when I went to Chicago the only time I've been to Chicago I went to uh, there's a Lupe Fiasco before he released Food and Liquor I mm, yep. we went to a concert uh, Him, he played there right up the street from Wrigley Field so I got to walk by and I was just like even then, I was just like here in this city that I'm not even sure my dad ever has been to. Like, I'm pretty sure he's never been to Chicago, but he was like really into the Cubs. It was the Cubs and Raiders, and it was just so strange. So like, galactic. So <laughs> when I when I ran into you like uh, a couple of weeks back when I was running around the stadium, we were talking about you know many things, but you brought up like the Bulls too. Mm-hmm. So were you, you know, for the for the Bulls, you were mentioning that they were like pretty bad there for a while. Yeah, I mean, Christons used to beat up on them. Pretty well, you
3: you know again since. I'm enjoying, you're probably not enjoying, listeners probably won't be enjoying, but going back in the Wayback Machine, I remember late 60s-ish, mm-hmm. um, Bulls were playing in the old Chicago Stadium, not the United Center, and my dad came home from work, because I always loved basketball. Um, my dad came home from work at like 5.30, uh-huh. and I was like, hey, Cubs, uh, the Bulls are in the playoffs. You want to go? It's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and you know, we get in the car and we go. And the NBA is still at a point, you know, where it it's fledgling, mm. and they're doing the all right. Everybody, go sit over there because the TV cameras over oh, here, like and we want to wow. make it look good for TV. And like the notion. That you could walk up and buy a ticket to a Bulls playoff game, where when you kind of fast forward in my youth, you had um, you know pretty good team that never actually won anything, mm-hmm. but competed against the good Laker teams with Jerry West and Elgin Baylor and mm-hmm. Wilt, um, and and then of course Jordan, and you know then everybody. You know, everybody became a basketball fan yeah. in Chicago because it was Michael and it was a scene. And, um, you know, a little bit like Showtime Lakers, you needed to be in the building because it was Michael. Um, but we talked about, you know, because we ran into each other on that glorious day, the day after um, vanquishing the galaxy. Oh,
4: yeah. fun, fun
3: time. As good as it gets, man. Um, And, you know, we were just talking about how eventually in sports, it inevitably comes down to that moment where you've always had that hill you couldn't get over, Um, you know, it's your rival. And if you're going to take that next step, you've got to climb the hill. Mm. And for the Chicago Bulls that ultimately went on with Michael to win six titles. Um, it was the bad boy Detroit Pistons with Rodman and uh, I think John Sally. John Sally and what's funny is you know both Rodman and John Sally also ended up collecting rings with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. But they would just get physically destroyed and there was just there was fear Scottie Pippen, who's one of the greatest all-around players to play in the NBA, um, made the top 50 at one point. Maybe not top 50, but top 100 for sure. He played great defense um, and could score. And he was just afraid. You could see it. And then they finally, you know, just had the right combination and, and the force of will of Michael Jordan, and they... Beat the Pistons, and those guys just you
1: know walked off. There were no handshakes, there were no bro hugs. It was just sore losers were out.
0: You remember that game, son?
1: Uh, well, there's been documentaries on it, like the Dream Team documentary and stuff. They say that's part of the reason why Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the Dream Team. Oh, they hate each other. Yeah. Oh, well, if you go back, and I don't know if
3: it was in that one or another one, like one of the great things about Michael Jordan. And my older son thinks there should be a podcast dedicated to this, so you might want to think about this. Um, Just those moments of what was it that night Mm -hmm. that motivated Michael Jordan?
2: Oh yeah.
3: And the reason he hated Isaiah Thomas was because when he made his first All Star team, Mm -hmm. Isaiah told everybody else, "Don't pass pass the ball." Right. (laughs) And a guy like Michael Jordan doesn't forget stuff. Something great.
0: What's up with Isaiah saying something like that? It just
1: was. Being I mean, the he, older. he was the big dog. Yeah, maybe he <coughs> was
0: scared of scared out? Yeah, it's it's hazing. Up. It's
1: hazing. I mean, like if you look back on the documentary and stuff, there's even like <clears throat> Magic Johnson and, and Jordan going at it during practice, and and then you know finally Jordan like kind of takes that torch from him. Yeah. At one point, you know what I mean? Playing mean, one on one.
4: What's different about Jordan is that most guys as they as they get older in their careers like kind of use these things as fun anecdotes and build friendships and Jordan is burying people to this day because yeah. of slights and yeah, because yeah, yeah. of perceived like perceived disrespect. Yeah. yeah,
3: no, he he gets into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure the speech before him was John Stockton. And John Stockton does the the elegant totally gracious statesman you know, yeah, this yeah. this person, that person and my teammates and whatever. And Mike gets up there and it was like a list of everybody who had done him wrong, <laughs> you know, the coach that cut him Yeah. somebody who didn't believe in him. You're like, mm, I don't know about the tone of this. He yeah.
4: chose that time to really list the people that have offended him throughout his career. I mean, I think let's stay on mic for a little bit because I know we talk about the global sport of football and the stars there, but I've always wondered, as someone who's from Chicago and who's in it while seeing Jordan kind of ascend to this thing, like you saw, like what was it like to see – Young Jordan with the huge gold chain on to go into, like, can't, can't get over the hill to becoming the greatest, like, American athlete of all time. Like, what is that to watch it as the local local so, guy? So
3: what's funny is you can go back, there's a a magazine, I don't know if it's here, but it's in a number of cities, Crane Chicago Business, and then there's Cranes or whatever mm. business in other markets. And there was an article when they drafted him. And the premise of the article was can Michael Jordan save the Bulls? Because they were just so bad Uh and unappealing as a product. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so to watch, you know, and there were a series of moments. You know, for a while they couldn't get past the Cleveland Cavaliers with um, Jeff Elo and Mark Price and I think Brad Doherty might have been on that team. Um, And then they finally do it right and he puts in the shot yeah, over yeah, Elo shot. and so it was that it was interesting to watch his progression and really force of will you know the the guy just would not accept not being the best right. and not ultimately winning and then sort of the oh this is the place to be happening mm-hmm. where now everybody's buying tickets, and the building is sold out. Yeah. And you and know, you guys it's You can scene. no longer
0: just drive down there. And, get and we can't drive down there, and get a ticket
3: for a playoff game, which is kind of BS. Yeah. Well, the prophecy is proved correct after that.
4: That cover of Can Jordan Save the Fans? Yeah, to it, see that it was pretty
3: crazy. It was pretty
0: crazy. So, in what ways do you think, like, Jordan and other other sports figures in Chicago, like, speak to what that city is? Because my my relationship with Chicago's pretty superficial involves mostly like lowbrow rappers and like several sports moments that fly <laughs> fleetingly through my mind I know you guys are basketball heads so you guys probably remember like the Bulls era and all that yeah. like pretty, pretty vividly but for a guy from, <coughs> from, from that city like when you think of like the culture of sports in Chicago like what are the some, some of the key things that come to mind
3: yeah well it's it forever was a football town uh-huh. Bears,
2: the Bears, like that whole the thing Bears on uh,
3: Saturday Night Live. Ditka, the Bears, um, and that there was a there was always a grittiness to the way they played, and they were gonna you know run the ball down your throat, whether it was Gail Sayers back in the way way day Gale or Sayers. Walter Payton, um, and then. You can see it because the last time the Bears won was 85, Mm -hmm. right? With a team that just had, you know, one of, if not the best defense of all time in the NFL. And so many of those guys still live in town and just make a living off of the fact that they were were on the 85 Bears. Yeah. They got Um, the
0: dealerships. They got the... Yeah, things, or they're, anything that you know, yeah. they're
3: doing the the the, the pre game show on radio or the post game show on radio or the yeah. day after show on radio. It's pretty, it's
0: pretty rad. Like you get to exist as a legend forever from that season. Yeah. And, and, and for have, sure. Yeah. They great.
3: have a restaurant and pretty then they, they call it, yeah. You know? yeah.
0: And and
3: you know, same thing. I think it's you know, it's not unlike here where one of the Greatest reactions to anything in Bank of California Stadium was when Kareem Abdul Jabbar walked out with that bird on his arm.
2: Yeah. Like
3: those Galaxy supporters were jumping up and down up in section 217. Yeah. Like the Lord Jesus Christ had just walked into the building. And so, you know, in a similar way in Chicago, there are those figures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bobby Hull on the Blackhawks, the Golden Jet, might have been the first guy to score 50 goals or whatever. Mm. Um, Stan Mikita, um, who is famous for Stan Makita's donuts in Wayne's World. Mm. Come on, you guys. Oh, uh, okay. It's
2: party I time. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
3: Um, and, you know, <coughs> guys from those Chicago Bears, Dick Butkus, yeah. who was a middle linebacker, you know, back in – the way they super tough.
4: Typifies what a middle linebacker still is today. exactly.
3: Yeah, Yeah, there's... In college, it's the butt Award for, Mm. like, a defensive player of the year kind of thing. Um, And then, you know, there are a bunch of guys in the old Cubs. um, Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub.
4: Um, Do you feel like that kind of adoration of athletes even past their retirement is something that, that you kind of walk with even in your career today where it is like it is this whole ecosystem of athletes doing their best and then af- and then the post. Yeah,
3: I mean, when, <laughs> when you know, because we go through this thing, uh-huh. right? Because it's not like we have it mapped out from the start of the season to the end of the season. Okay, so match one, here's your sure. honorary Falconer. Mm-hmm. Match two, here's your honorary Falconer. It's a little bit more of a, Week by week, match by match, oh. kind of thing. And there's people we'd like to get, and you're trying to do it. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And when I hear that for the Seattle playoff game, and we can get into like the, the lack of reaction and that whole vibe that night mm. um, <clears throat> at some point, um, but I hear it's going to be wait, wait the logo man from the the NBA logo Uh, Jerry West like stop
1: Right, right.
3: it's the logo guy (laughs) I mean he's like this whole other he's the logo he's the
1: logo and there's like as far as like an NBA executive you get a Jerry West and you start winning post NBA he's been a killer too but Yeah, I don't even remember Jerry West from that. No,
3: day. it was really it was it was, you know, the whole evening was odd. Mm-hmm. Um but I thought, okay, like we've had Kareem, we've had magic, everybody goes,
2: woo mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
3: And it was kinda like, mm, mm, mm.
4: it's a leveling up. Why do you think that is? I mean let's 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 cut into that right now. Like Jerry West is still fairly famous around these circles. He's around.
3: I don't think it
1: was Jerry. I think it was that night. Yeah, there was Ooh. there was a, a weird energy that, I mean, just throughout that day. You
4: know, for us in the North End, like, it's hard for us to give a, a crazy reaction because we try to be mm-hmm. up at, mm-hmm. at 100 the whole time. Ooh. And so, I mean, it's great when it's the LA guy, LA guy who makes it out there. But the whole stadium wasn't really vibing to it as, as much? No. Wow. And I
3: don't know. I don't know. If our lead host is ready to move into this. Yeah, no,
4: let's go let's, 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 on
0: run it let's run into it I don't know okay. enough about Jerry West I'm sitting with two guys who I believe basketball is like you guys' first love isn't it yeah, like yeah. From a one of us
3: works basketball. in the NBA right now right. that's
0: where he gets his paycheck. Right. Right, right my one bread He's so. actually
4: <laughs> through Jerry West somehow exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
3: he works with Jerry
4: West <laughs> Jerry and I have coffee no <laughs> so
3: um, for me that night I got to the stadium 2.30 in the afternoon and from the minute I walked in the door, there was just a lack of even normal match day, you know, vibration. Weird. Ooh. Okay, okay. And, and yeah. Um and then you know, you start to bump into people, you bump into Paul, who's kind of the the main uh, security Dude, guy that uh, works with the team. Paul the legend and some of the coaching staff and the people who work the building and the people who run the F&B. And it's just... You know, it's just not feeling like, oh shit, it's a Western Conference final. Here we go. We win this game. We host the cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think... You know, there's, <coughs> it's hard not to think that the... The order of events, right? Yeah. Um, it was impossible for whatever was next to have that same energy. But there was, for me, you know, one guy's opinion, there was just a flatness. And though obviously made up for on the tail end, I even think, you know, normally when the 3252 comes in mm. and the drums start getting going. Like, the whole thing starts pretty early. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could be off. But it just didn't yeah. seem like even that got going as early as it normally did. Yeah. And so I I don't think it was Jerry. Gotcha. Like, put Jerry out there on another day. Yeah, like match day four on yeah. a Saturday. Yeah, right? and it's Jerry West. Yeah. And I think there might have been a... I like to think there would have
1: been a different reaction. I, I mean, I, I think I said it on a pod before, but it's just kind of like we, we let off our load, and you know we, <laughs> we didn't have enough time for it to like be ready again. This playoff structure is so weird in that way. Yeah, so we do have to kind of switch well, back it, on. It's you know? not even just that; it's the fact that it was, the galaxy, and there gotcha. was such a release that like you can't help but to like relax a little bit. Sure, and that okay. edge that you needed. Like kind of diminishes yeah, yeah. when that you you lose that edge a little. I got the, you.
0: The lack of sharpness was, I think, evident in all facets. Yeah. Walking around, the side, I I might have I don't remember if I walked by Larry. I walked by like a ton of you know a ton of people who've been on the podcast, and I remember like just reactions being similarly muted, like throughout. It wasn't it wasn't even like the antsiness of of the galaxy game. So. It, and sometimes antsiness can be a bad thing, but it also shows that you feel the texture of the moment. Yeah.
1: Um, Ooh, so deep. Wh- whereas, <laughs> whereas, you know what I'm saying? You, you no, feel, that was you deep. Yeah. No, I, you know, I know exact exactly texture. what you're talking We got about. contours going on <laughs> Oh, you, oh see, you know, You, see, right. the, you see the shape, right?
0: Sharpness, if you want to call it that. But I would agree with that. And I think maybe you know we'll never know like you play those fixtures in reverse but um there was something for me that was almost like poetic about the whole experience only because like for for that night to have been topped like what would have had to happen in the galaxy game yeah. i mean i'm sorry in the, in the Seattle, like, what right. would have, how would have had to have gone to to reach <coughs> like a further euphoric state people couldn't go to like the Electric Daisy Carnival, and then four days later, like go to Coachella, and then four days. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just this, like good, 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 good. Like it yeah. just doesn't seem like it was, it was there. Like people, people were drained emotionally at that point. And how much can you, yeah, put in after that? If Bob was ever listening to this, which he probably never has, and hopefully never will, so that he doesn't have to make fun of me at training when I see him. But like Bob probably couldn't yeah, like get. You could, you could have all the magic tricks in his book to, like, to like you know, I don't know, hit the spark spark plugs and just, like, zap his players to life. Like, here you go, guys. It's, I, the, I, it's the final, but... To
1: me, what's funny is I think that that post-game interview, in a sense, like, he, that's what he might have been trying to do. You know what I mean? When he told the... What did he tell the Get guy? Get lost. Get lost. Mm-hmm. I think he was, like, in a sense, you know that's how coaches play that right, game? Anyway, like, yeah. set that, you know, like, we still have that edginess. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it worked.
4: <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, we're still brand new, right? And so, anything that we do past any level we get to is uncharted territory. We need to be ready to step up and relish in the new, the newness of it all, right? Or else we'll never, we'll never get over the hill, or we'll never reach the mountaintop, right? And so, I think it's weird. Like, we're all kind of sports historian people in here, and like, I grew up on Sports Illustrated articles. We just talked about an article on on Jordan. Can he save the Bulls? Like, as we go along, when we win the MLS Cup, maybe. I mean, if when we win it next year, I think these two and three seasons will be conflated because the Galaxy victory is so strong and that should, in the storybook fantasy world, lead to the first first chip, right? But it really, I think, as, as we remember this further down the line, I think that's what's going to happen if we have immense success next year because this is what's supposed... And that's what, when you brought that up later, I was like, we missed. We missed this year. And as much as I love the fucking victory against the Galaxy, like... There is a gap and there is a hole there that I've been trying to like, you know, like argue against and argue around because it was a, the immense moral victory of it all. But there was a place that we needed to be that we we couldn't get to, and so that's up to us as supporters, it's up to Bob and his and, and the team to really get to because anything here from here on out is 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 new is new uncharted territory, man. So we have to be able to will, willing to step up.
0: Truth. Let's take a break. Get back with Larry, part two here in a moment. You're.
4: Back here with FCFC Pod, here with LAFC Larry, and we're doing, um, we're going to jump into LAFC origin stories pretty quickly, but I just want to know, you mentioned your son was a Ducks fan, Yes. was there a pressure as a dad transplant here to pass on your Chicago fandom to your children
3: no the uh the duck fandom happened early 2000s maybe it was oh three. was it cause of the movie <laughs> no <laughs> it wasn't around the movie
0: time no, no. The movies was like 90. no
3: yeah, yeah, the movie, movie was way before that no this was um quality of play uh-huh. um In, like, the early 2000s, uh, on the back of the great John Sebastian Draguer, the Ducks make a run, this improbable run, to the Stanley Cup Finals, and you have Niedermeyer versus Niedermeyer in the final, um, because it's Ducks and New Jersey Devils. That's right. Scotty, and and during (laughs) that run, my older son was always uh, a fan of goalies.
1: Well, you were a Devils fan back, yeah, Yeah. Marty Brodore.
3: Yeah, like, look, man, if you don't have to face any shots, you're gonna have a pretty good run. (laughs)
4: Best Uh, defense in the league.
3: Yeah. Um. So he became a Duck fan in that sort of era. Was that like Timo in them? Yeah, I think Teemu. Was on that team, and that was also the final where somebody lays out... Scott Stevens Scott lays Stevens out lay Paul, Paul Korea. Korea. They Paul Korea looks like he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you see the puff of uh, breath on the visor, and he gets up and scores a goal, and it's like, you know, scripted kind <laughs> of stuff. But no, yeah, I yeah. did not... Um,
4: we've spoken about in the pod pod history about how betrayed we felt when Paul Korea wasn't a Korean man yeah so, man what the fuck was that and <laughs> yeah, 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 then there's me. like white
1: guys that are last name Lee that always throws me off too but yeah when we I found out Korea wasn't Korean I was Leader like let fuck what no this point. Point? Anyway, I a style, bro, that is amazing that's, cultural that's, appropriation that is oh, amazing oh uh, <laughs> that's yeah I, Timu has a uh, a steakhouse yes. in like kind uh, like long beach laguna Somewhere beach. down there laguna yeah, beach. one of those fancy beaches, yeah, yeah, it yeah. turned like a house into a steakhouse, very yeah. nice, um,
3: but no, I did not, there was no pressure of fandom, and there have been moments where you know I think I have felt bad, my wife has probably felt bad that we had passed on the uh Good for <laughs> I'm uh, a bad geisha. We, we, had, uh, we had passed on the disease known as being a Cubs fan, uh. Uh, in particular to uh, our younger son.
4: You felt guilt about this.
3: Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing like... Um, so it's like oh, making your son a Knicks fan, like, passing on generational, yeah. Horrendous. So, basically, so here it's, um, it's and and you can watch there's there were documentaries about the curse of the bambino on the Red Sox, mm-hmm. and I and and th- this was before they started actually winning,
2: yeah.
3: and yeah. this was like an HBO <laughs> thing. And they're, oh, yeah, I know, Yankee fan, I understand, yeah, yeah. um. But you have people talking about how in that game where before the ball goes through Billy Buck's legs, yeah. um, where people are waking up their young kids because they want to share the moment when they win the World Series, mm-hmm. only to have scarred them for life. Yeah. <laughs> and the year that the year of the Bartman ball, Moises Alou, oh. Moises Alou is my guy, um, and. So, after game six, Cubs lose, the whole Bartman thing. Um, my, My younger son is, I don't know, 03, 12 years old. Gets a call from a friend. Gets off the phone and says, Ian just called and said, I could go to game seven with him and his dad and i don't know if i want to go <laughs> and um i'm like you have to go yeah yeah because yeah. if you if you don't go and they win you're going to regret it forever right right cuz this will be them making their you know they they will be going to a world series right, right. and if you do go and they don't win, you won't be the only one crying.
1: Right? <laughs> so, of course... Very logical way to look at it. They
3: lose, and I had gone with other people. So uh-huh. he had gone with... And I was sitting up in the nosebleeds, and my son was somewhere else, so I had come home... I got home first. uh uh-huh. And so... Watching from the front door at my house, his friend's dad pull up to the curb, and young Corey Friedman get out of the car in his Cubs bullpen jacket with his head down crying was just like, and I'm the one who told me, did I did it. Like, not that he wouldn't have been crying at home. Yeah, but, yeah. And so that reminded me, I got this, I carried this in my wallet. Since 1984. Wow. Okay, so in 1984, back when there were only two divisions in each league, yeah. winner of each division, they meet, five-game series, winner goes to the World Series. My Cubs win the first two games against Steve Garvey's San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. They kick their ass mm. in Chicago. Mm. Then they come out here to San Diego for the next three. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, they only need to be one game. Yeah, they lose the first game. You're like, whatever, right? <laughs> sure, they're gonna get one. Yeah, 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 And then they drop game four, which was my uh my last experience with organized religion. I am mm. in I'm in college <laughs> and I I actually go to temple on Yom Kippur, uh, and I'm like, "All it's right, day. like I'm I'm going." Yeah, right. Kovacs yeah. didn't pitch on Yom Kippur. That's I'm right. going, and Kovacs didn't pitch. I'm on either Yom Yom gonna Kippur. walk out, I'm I'm gonna be a believer or not. Yeah. <laughs> and and fucking Steve Garvey hits a late inning. It could have been extra innings. I don't even remember. Home run off of now Hall of Famer uh, closer Lee Smith, mm-hmm. and you end up in Game Five, and they blow Game Five, and so this was in USA Today, and I, I tore. It was the day after the Cubs lost. Yeah, and I kept it in my wallet yeah, yeah. for <laughs> like 20 years, and. T- and took it with me to Game 7 against the Marlins in '03, 3 And I was like, either I'm going to rip this thing up and leave it at Wrigley Field because the Cubs will have won. Yeah. Or I will carry it in my wallet for the rest of my life because it's just never
2: going to happen.
3: <laughs> so for
0: our listeners, Larry is passing around a a little bit bigger than a passport-sized photo news, news clipping of a quotable that says... They wouldn't be Cubs if they didn't break your heart. <laughs> Which is beautiful in itself. But what I love more, actually, is the caption that fall, or the, the, the attribution that the Read quote enough. is given. Jeff uh, Granger, Chicago baseball fan, after the Cubs lost to the San Diego in the National League Championship Series, ending their attempt to win their first pennant since 1945. It's like this huge explanation for how big of a right, deal tiny. this moment yes. was. These one, <coughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten words, a nice round number really sum it up. First of all, I just think it's also impressive that Larry has not lost lost a wallet since 1984.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <That's> Dang it. <laughs> 30, 35 years. My 35, most admirable wow.
3: quality. Wow. <laughs> I have not lost my wallet. Oh, that's, that's really um, impressive. I, that's in pretty mid-condition. It is. Paper. I taped it, it up, man. I taped
1: yeah, it I mean, up. wallet um, goes
4: through some shit. <laughs> this, is, this is the man we're talking to right now. Incredible.
3: Yeah. So, as we started to talk during the break for over a decade I was like this just isn't going to happen right Uh I had accepted the fate and that included being at Chavez Ravine when they got eliminated by the Dodgers Mm -hmm. drove to Arizona where they lost the first couple of games against the Diamondbacks (sighs) and then went back home and got eliminated (laughs) And I was just like, it's just never going to happen. And, and then it happened. And if you go back and watch like, this Curse of the Bambino about Red Sox fans who had suffered, yeah. you know, there's always that question. Well, like, what if it happens? Well, what happens the next day? Because you wake up and your identity is completely different, right? The Cubs were these lovable losers. Right, right.
1: And now they're not. It's so like when a fa- like a funny fat person gets skinny and they're not so funny anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
1: like uh, I don't know about this, man. Like even Chi, when like at one point I went from two hundred eighty-five pounds down to like one ninety. And Ben was like I don't, I don't even know if I can be your friend anymore. <laughs> man
4: Ben just knows the things to just fuck you up. Yeah, around, man and like, now back I to I
3: thought being you were going to tell me that Ben used to be really funny and really fat. Oh and no, Now ben, he's skinny as a rat.
1: He he was funny in like a bitter hateful way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's still the same. You just got to talk to him a little bit shy. So
0: what was it like then obviously once that changed? For you. So,
3: um, you know, and it's it's another one of these like Crazy experiences where you have to go, you know, it's never easy because when they ultimately win, they're winning by three runs in Cleveland in the bottom of the eighth. And former Yankee, now back at the Yankees, Araldis Chapman, that's right, is in to just shut the door. Right? The guy throws what 103 yep. something like at that. that. Time, yeah. And he gives up a three-run home run. Mm -hmm. And now the game is tied. And you're just like... All the narrative comes back. Exactly. Because you're expecting the worst. You're expecting the rug to get pulled out. And you get teased along enough. Yeah. Because the Cubs have gone down in that World Series three games to one. It's basically over. And then they win that next game. You're like, all right. And then they win the next (laughs) one. The next thing you know, you're in Game Seven, and they're winning. And they're like, a handful of outs away, and he gives up a three-run home run. (laughs) And you're just like, you've gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Um. But it was that last walk through the Valley of Death before the payoff. Yeah. And I think for me. I said it then I've said it since they could have folded the franchise and said we're going out on the high (laughs) we're done thank you very much (laughs) and that would have been fine (laughs) (laughs) and you know for me I've I've had you know we had a Super Bowl in 85 Mm -hmm. which after years of you know 2 and 12 um was amazing uh the Bulls after you know walking up and buying playoff tickets um, and then you know the Blackhawks won they had that kind of back and forth with the Kings where one team was winning mm-hmm. the Patrick Kane mm-hmm. yeah um, and then you know you put that on top of it it's like what else are we there? you know you're done chasing everything I've loved the good life. This has been this has been good. Yeah, it's uh, been great. Like, and and there are fans who have supported any number of other teams in you know the traditional big four sports. You know the Jets fans would love a Super Bowl. You know since Joe Namath, John but N- it hasn't happened. And you know there's all kind of the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think have
0: no,
3: they won one. So <coughs> and then you know sort of during all of this. So the Hawks win at least one Stanley Cup after LAFC starts. Might have been two. Uh, Cubs win a World Series. And then I'm spending, you know, 24 hours a day on LAFC. And the, you know, and it's sort of to weave the random conversations we've been having together, you know, after close to four years, or three and a half years, whatever it was, of working on this dream, and we're sitting in Seattle, and like 50, 58 seconds into the game, Latif Blessing, heads ball that goes off the post. And you're like, wait a minute, we might be good at this. (laughs) And you know to walk out of there with that win was crazy Yeah. and by the way drive into my garage after I get home that night you know garage door goes up and my younger son had hung the Cubs W flag which (laughs) is a thing right which was kind of cool and you know we've we've established so many relationships and friendships throughout the world of global football you know that whole match the my phone is you know going crazy and half of it is from people in Dortmund right wow. those those guys are all up watching this game and you know living on the edge with us cuz how that game ended 1-0 is beyond me. Yeah. And then, you know, again, Seattle, the opener at Bank of California Stadium. Mm. And so, you know, I had this question in my mind, and of course I asked John Thorrington, and he gave me a very clear answer and I saw the error in my ways. But I was like, well, if you think about that history, you've got this epic win in your first game ever, then you get ridiculous win, Hollywood script mm. that nobody would buy because it was ludicrous for the opener at Bank of California Stadium, and shout out to Fuck Lord, S- Lord. S- <laughs> exactly, um, and you're 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 now in this, you know you're looking back and saying all right well we had those two epic experiences and then we had this one really crappy experience. Mm. Would you trade? Because the euphoria of that first win in the first game you played. Shit. And then the euphoria of that night at the bank. Yeah. Like, and I go back, you know, if you ever need to go to a happy place, like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll either pull up the audio clip or I'll go to the video clip in Spanish, because that's the way I prefer Hell it, yeah. <laughs> of that moment, right? Or Dave Denholm's, what will Vela do? What will Zimon do? Blah, 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 right? And versus the anguish and the just brutal heartache of a couple of Tuesdays ago. Now, Thorington was like, well, that's a stupid question, Larry. Obviously, we would want to be playing in a final. Uh, and I was like, all right. I'll, I'll, I kind of think that's right,
0: but. That's a, that's a sporting mind talking. That's sure. a competitive mind. That's, sure. a,
1: that's a. That's a Thorington mind. Yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> hard a, to argue with.
0: Yeah, that's an athlete. That's a. Yeah. But,
1: but I'll be honest, like, that made me really think, and I, I don't know if I would trade that because even though I wasn't in Seattle like watching people's instagram stories like of the walk down and the celebration like the emotions were palpable even from being on a plane from the bahamas to back to la that was a little bit of a i I was like wow (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah i i mean and that that first one like you said it was movie like we we had put all the black and gold foil out there and nobody told them to start waving it during, like, the last moments of the match, right. and it just happened. And I, I heard, like, even people were asking the staff, like, how did you get people to do that? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this it just, it was the energy that was there. So, you know, I think it's, I, I wouldn't trade that, to be honest. It was it was pretty amazing. And I think, like like you said, we, we had that release and that feeling of euphoria then, and then we had our feeling of euphoria this season when we finally, you know, yeah. took, out, took out the Galaxy. And it's kind of just like history repeats itself. Like, the Galaxy took us on sure. all those times until it counted. And then Seattle, we took them on times that it mattered for us, but it didn't matter in the bigger picture. Right. Then they finally took one on us. I mean, it's, it's just how stories go. And, and look, I, I don't think as we talk
3: about this season... And we started to talk about this sort of before we went live here. Let's not forget that night with the Shield. Because as much as, like, first of all, you don't know if you're going to win. And, you know, one of the, as this thing was going on with NYCFC, and we're kind of inching along, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're tying, and we're tying, and, you know, we're just not... Ending it so it keeps going. There was that, oh man, like we don't want them to like lose, and then we kind of backed into it, right? Right, right, right. So that opportunity to go out and actually win it, Mm -hmm. win it at home, and then the completely unscripted nature of what followed, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The fact that. You know, the on field thing was planned, semi rehearsed, mm. and then, of course, didn't go to plan. Mm-hmm. But it was better. Mm-hmm. It was better. And then the notion was you know, players and coaches go into the locker room and they have their own thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that's it. We're done. Mm. And it just kept rolling. And there was actually a moment where I was back there. And you know all the they they had ordered like thirty bottles of champagne, like one per player, mm. which doesn't exactly make sense. But okay, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and they're gone, like in no time. Yeah. And then you have Carlos Vela saying, "Where's the trophy? Where's the trophy? <laughs> it's still
1: outside." And I'm head. trying to
3: explain to him, so it's actually kind of like their trophy, <laughs> right? The supporter shield. Uh-huh. And then where's the trophy? <laughs> and so. Uh, you know the next Carlos thing, out here, dude. <laughs> the next thing you know, you know, a bunch of the leadership of the thirty two fifty two is in there mm-hmm. and it's mayhem. Yeah. It's absolute mayhem mm-hmm. and you know, Heineken Light, like, you know, anything people could put <laughs> on <somebody laughs> Whoever else's tried head. to sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> um That was yeah. spectacular. Yeah. And
4: That's funny, oh my yeah. I saw Rich getting something poured on him. I was like, "That's not champagne." <laughs> that's, it was
3: whatever. Something. You know, they they um, somebody went to the folks at Legends who you know run the They Are like, "Whatever you got behind that bar in the Field Club, get it in there." And they're coming with these big, you know, crates, uh-huh. buckets of.
0: So it's right. It's it's semi-rehearsed and it's sort of spontaneous. And the energy caught on. But for you guys, like, I want to know, like, internally going yeah. into it, knowing that this thing could be one being set up if it is one, but also realizing the context you're in an American Sports context and how other teams might not have treated the Shield that they're supposed right. to deserve. Can you clue the people into, like, why you guys... I know because of conversations I've had with people, but, like, why you guys felt it was important to celebrate the Shield the way you did.
3: Yeah. I mean... It's a couple things. One, and you guys know it because you've lived it with us. There are any number of things from small to large like the Shield and how we recognized it and value it and celebrated it that we've looked at history in the league and other behaviors in the league And oftentimes, advice from others in the league. And we just say, yeah, no. Like, we have this other idea. Yeah, the league's trash. And we we think this is a better way to go. And we take that risk with full knowledge that y'all have told us that that ain't the way to go. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we felt like you know and we were talking earlier about the pod with Ty and Tway and Rich and that history and Henry Nguyen's vision and Henry Nguyen's vision was global and it was global brand and this is LA and people will pay attention because it's LA and you know we should be mindful of that and embrace it. And we all know, as fans of global football, that if you have the best record during the regular season, mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing. And fully understanding that in our league, there are playoffs, and that is where the cup is won, and we wanted that and ultimately didn't get it. But along the way, we had a phenomenal record breaking season and in you know the Bundesliga or the Premiership or Serie A we would have been the winner and we were the winner we won the supporter shield and i want to say that the shield wasn't the shield was in Atlanta mm-hmm. because everybody thought Atlanta was going to win and then New York won and they grabbed some tinfoil Like a replica from a supporter. Um, And so we were kind of mindful of if we have a chance, you know, not unlike the Stanley Cup is in the building, we wanted it in the building and we wanted to give it its due, Mm. right? Like we wanted to show respect for what that award trophy means. And that's why we did it the way we did it. And we hope, you know, if we're not fortunate enough to win it next year and whomever it is, we hope they take a page from our book and are like, oh, yeah, like we ought to do it that way because this is a
0: big deal. What were the reaction afterwards, I mean, without, like, naming people by whatever, you know, what, the same people who had, like, said, like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do it this way, and then you guys did it, were they kind of, like, actually, that was awesome? Yeah, so, I mean, we, you hear from we, people that we support get, it?
1: um, you know, you get a little bit of... Just drop their names, Larry.
3: Give no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you, you know, you get it across the board from begrudging like yeah you know I guess you guys were right that was pretty cool that you know that some great content whatever Um, to then the other extreme which is those who are like yeah like I told you right but no you didn't aren't you the one who's telling us not to do that right so um, but we haven't you know, other than, because if you go far enough down any rabbit hole on social media, you will find the contrary view. Mm. So, putting aside um, some of the vitriol from 12 miles to the south, where it's like, well, you still haven't beat us, you can't beat us, and call us when you win a cup, right? Mm. Other than that, I think it has been really well received because we want to be a part of the global conversation. Mm-hmm. And this is a way to, you know, embrace global tradition and be a part of that conversation.
0: I think for me and when I when I was walking home the night after the Seattle loss and thinking about the supporters shield and things like that. And I know I've had conversations with these two who are Man United fans about like the ways you can look at sport, what do you get out of sport, what kind of person you are in relation to the sports you follow. Um, You know, (coughs) I I do think that, like, the way that the Supporters' Shield was celebrated, it did more for MLS's ability to be taken seriously by other people in the world than a lot of people might understand right now. Because if it does have the domino effect and people do start giving it more attention, it's not... There's 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 a geopolitical matter at hand here too, which is American mm-hmm. arrogance. That's like the sure. elephant hiding in the room yeah. here, right? We it's want like, kilometers. It's like we're gonna do our
1: thing, <laughs> right? We do want we do the we want kilometers.
0: I switched my Strava to start doing kilometers instead of miles. Now, I want people. to know what measurements I, these European no, but,
1: announcers are talking about. I can't
3: I <laughs> but, can't but look, get all of that time back that we spent studying the metric system because <laughs> the country was converting.
0: No, but look, it's it's in all seriousness, it's like. If, you know, in general, like, it happens on, like, a a probably a micro scale at first, but people start realizing that there's other people in the world who have done this a lot longer and who are way better at it than we are. And perhaps, like, maybe it's a good idea to learn from the way that they do it and you're participating rather than doing your own thing off in a corner in some isolated, like, fantasy version of a dystopia. Like, which is what the league has been in the past, and the reason that the three of us here had never followed the league before. And as much as you like the N.A.S.L., I think the reason like we didn't talk about great Chicago Fire memories and all of your fire stuff is cut probably mm. because Chicago early... Sting, my friend. I know, but no, I'm, I'm saying when MLS started, but I'm saying when it wasn't as if that was that didn't easily land into your repertoire mm. of these these five major sports, right? So right. It's it's clear, I think, like by looking at the history of the league that things maybe haven't always been done the right way and maybe there's room for new ideas and maybe you can participate in the global game in a way that's more as being part of it rather than like isolating and being weird and obsessing over something that you're Stop being
1: hipster america
0: in a way yes in a way yes right
1: everyone's doing it this way so fuck you guys
0: yeah, and I do think there's like the weird American culture exceptionalism thing we're doing it our way, but in this sport it's such a funny thing because you are so not exceptional at it, like, <laughs> well, like look, you couldn't be less exceptional at it in the men's side.
3: And if you look at the history of the quote unquote championship, both in the old North American soccer league that had the soccer bowl, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the early versions of the cup where it was like, oh, the NFL goes to a neutral site. Let's go to a neutral site. Well, how did that work out for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that should be an indicator mm-hmm. of, you know, are we doing this? You should sit back and say, are we doing this the right way? Is there a different way? Yeah, right. uh, now, I will say, like, this new playoff format was pretty exciting. Um, yeah, you know, it, it was I, a lot more. I consumed every minute of every
1: game, and it was all super entertaining. Yeah. That's for sure. Everything until the final. Wow. Well, yeah. Nobody watched that. We were watching Juventus and Milan. <laughs> Fuck you, MLS. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> to your point about like maybe learning from others who've been doing it longer, you know that takes us back. Rainy, cold Dortmund, Germany, and why we went in the first place. Mm -hmm. This guy had that exact look on his face in the lobby of this great hotel because he'd had
1: some Hennessy. (laughs) 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 Hennessy that we brought, we checked into our bags and brought from America. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, dude. Anytime me and she go anywhere, we check in a a bottle of Hennessy each. Even when we went to Korea, we all checked in two bottles of Hennessy. That's like if, nine, a nine. If that wasn't
0: of Hennessy. the Hennessy sponsored the pod moment, I don't know. You what know it. what I mean, <laughs> We've been out here. I've been out here on these streets.
1: Fuck, do you say let's do this? But yeah, that was so continue, rain, rain, continue continue rain the, the hotel,
0: the hotel moment. The Dortmund moment.
3: Uh, no, you know that that trip, um, which shout out to at LaFC Rich, who at times gets these ideas he's and psychopath. he's like, Hey man, like, we're going to do that. And I was like, Oh my God, like just stop. And, 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 he, he had this on his mind and you know, he was so right. But what was so impressive about the trip for me, I had been there before, had seen the yellow wall Um, their in-stadium host, announcer, Nobby Dinkle, club Mm -hmm. legend, has this little perch just off of the yellow wall. And I was there for part of the match before we took the trip. Mm. And it was just the craziest thing I'd ever seen in all of sport. Because that mass and the, you know, like, like, Jump Rally Football Club is amazing, but when you see that yellow wall yeah. and people moving in unison, it's crazy. But these guys, and it was Gil and Joseph and Jimmy, and, you know, it was like we're here to work. Mm. like we're not here to just watch BVB play like and Gladbach or who the heck it was. Hamburg. Hamburg. Yeah. Um these guys like were all there from different vantage points studying. Mm-hmm. It was like this masterclass in you know, like how are they doing that? You know, how are all those flags spinning around yeah. and when do they do this? When do they do that? And it was just so, that was a real moment where, you know, after the match, back at this hotel, Hennessy, beers, whatever, (laughs) and talking to Ray, and finding out that, like, people were taking notes Mm -hmm. and really hadn't paid that much attention To Christian Pulisic and whoever else was out there, it was about how do we do what they do Mm -hmm. and bring that to LA, and that was pretty wild
1: because damn, I didn't even think about it like that. Because even to this point, (coughs) until that moment where they scored that goal to win the match, I don't really remember anything about the match. We were just watching the wall. I was seated above the Hamburg supporters, so I was watching the away support and right. how far they were going, and all those people for because the main thing was is we were supposed to all be in the wall, but the <laughs> the torment supporters were like, "Fuck these Hollywood ass motherfuckers. they're not coming into our wall, which we we understand a lot more after we've you know we've created this home and the sanctuary that we we protect and we, we care about.
0: And you've dealt with your own Hollywood-ass motherfucker. Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: um, so everyone, like you said, in another way, everyone was in their own vantage points. There were some people next to the wall, some people next to Hamburg. And everyone kind of came back and kind of gave notes on right. everything. And, you know, that's why we have the, the North End. And that's why we have the type of away support we have now. Because, to be honest, like... A lot of my focus and the people in my section were all focused on Hamburg because they sure. were going super hard, like creating mosh pits and doing, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, so, they were a little on the violent side of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, they're all like neo-Nazis and stuff. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. But I mean, they, there they there did me. the salute and <laughs> stuff. They did this salute What? Stuff. I mean, you, not all of them, but like some of them. You could see it.
0: <laughs> and you have like. Gosh, the, we're still talking about Europe here. And oh, the crazy
1: neo-Nazi like mohawks and stuff. Like, you know, you know what they are. No, dude. Um
3: rich and i are standing with our brother olaf mm-hmm. on a
1: overpass olaf is triple og uh, oh yeah like, like oh, yeah i think there was a point where dortmund was about to go <coughs> bankrupt and olaf was uh helped produce the cd of mm. all the songs and chants of dortmund to sell those to get money for the club so he's like I'm pretty sure he's killed somebody in the name of Thor. Oh, there's no question. In <laughs> <laughs> the name of Thornton, There's no question. So, like, if super you ever drive in fan. a car with him,
3: he gets a little agitated. <laughs> you're like, oh, this could go sideways fast. <laughs> but we're on this overpass. And there's a road into the stadium. And apparently the <clears throat> police had given only... Supporters a hassle about walking in the street. Other fans could walk in the street and they didn't get a hassle. So, you know, as supporters will do, they took the approach of, oh, you think that was bad when a few of us were walking in the street? Watch this. And so they're doing kind of like March to the Match down this main drag <laughs> and now there's nothing. You know, three police officers directing <laughs> traffic can do and they just gotta let them go and they're chanting in you know what my wife would say is oh that's a really beautiful language um, all due respect to the German language and you know it had it, on the one hand you're like this is friggin unbelievable that there's this passion and support and they can all come together and do this and then there's that part where you go hmm this
1: might be scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about a lot of people in the North End. Like, you know, you got big ass Chickie Lean in the center, the uh, center capo stand. Like, the first time, like, Chicky Lean yelled louder and looked me in my eyes, I motherfucking started chanting louder. That's a scary <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, everything about. I mean, it's, it's steel country in Germany. Like, that town, that city lives, eats, breathes Dortmund. It's, yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, no, the, the way that on...
3: Well, a couple things. The way on a match day, you know, slowly but surely, the black and yellow just takes over. And whether it's people going to the pub people walking to grab something to eat before they go back home and watch it or they're heading to the stadium it just becomes black and yellow mm. and the reality is you know number one in venue attendance in all of global football like we've met some people from Barcelona uh-huh. who will say yeah you know on a Tuesday against the you know bottom of the table club mm-hmm. yeah we get 55,000 people. Mm-hmm. Well, 55 ain't 85. And in Dortmund, it's 85, 85, wow. 85. It's truly, truly um, just amazing. And I, you know, don't want to let this gathering pass without bringing up how you want to talk about showing the world that. LAFC is authentic to the world's game and is taking best elements from all over the world. I I thought that what the 3252 did during the rain delay in 2018 mm. against Houston couldn't be topped, right? Because even Bob and the coaches, right? Cuz Every fifteen minutes, one of the coaches would go out to see what was going on with the weather, and would go back in and say, "Yeah, it's still raining, but you're not going to leave this. They're still rolling, like they're still, and they haven't gone. Like they're all still there, and they're still going." But what happened after we did not win the conference final against Seattle? Mm. In the North End, I don't know... I don't know that there could be anything more impressive, special, um, authentic. I mean, whatever, you know, descriptive you want to put on it. But I just... You know, it's one of those things where I just couldn't believe what I was watching. And it was... Amazing! It was just friggin' amazing. Um, and as hard as it is to go back and watch the end of that match to get to that point, like, I've done it a bunch of times. Because, you know, again, for somebody who's been at this since October 2014, like, you want to feel good about what you basically giving over your
1: life to and what this club is actually about. Watch that. Celebrating and shitting on other people's celebrations. <laughs> Westside. And on that note, we'll take our second break and be back for tea time with Wees.
0: We are back in the backyard, Larry, man. That me? Yeah, that's for you. We oh, got wow. one more CL smoothie for Larry. We got Colorado Kool-Aid. You called it the Coors Latte.
1: Yeah, the shout-out uh, creeps who for who that came up with the Coors Latte. I love that. Think we're drinking class.
0: some black tea in the back, a uh, little Chinese black tea here. It's Pretty good. It's pretty classic. A little well, dark.
1: I think it's – does Josh not like the black tea as much?
0: <laughs>
1: Which one was Wait, the tea yeah, one you, one of the ones you, you didn't like? Big Might be the black tea.
0: I like
4: this one though. Let me just tell you that Max was is. saying something about socks before, but nah, Max, this is oh, sh- Max
0: is drinking poor tea, That's why he Max is a friend. tea hater though. Oh, but yeah. shout Bredos. out, yeah, yeah, shout out uh,
1: Max Brados and Vince. Who, uh, if you guys want to hear a little bit more about, you know, like what they thought about the supporter shield ceremony and whatnot, they just went over it in their last episode of Inside LAFC. So check that out. Look at you with the plug right now. Special plugs. as fuck right there. Plug <laughs> us a little more, Max. I love you. <laughs> Nah, dude. He like put Edgar's
0: art up on his wall. I'm pretty sure it's like the lifetime. That was, that was Alex's, Alex's of... art. Oh yeah, work. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hey. Just
1: mixing up names over here.
0: Hey, <laughs> put up Alex's art on his wall. Good call. Um,
4: we gotta get Larry a good piece of art so he can uh, he can start to yeah. Uh, it's
0: our Alex will take this, care of you. Our, yeah. our, our, our cover art designer for yeah. oh, All right. Wait. Yeah. So Larry. Yes, sir. One thing that sort of has gotten buried in the lead here is like how a guy from Chicago obsessed with many other sports finds himself in, I believe you said October 2014. 14. Mm-hmm. Sure. Working on this crazy, zany project. I think it's it yeah. might be worth uh, hearing about.
3: Sure. So, in 06, I moved out here to work with LAFC's executive chairman, Peter Guber, in the uh, minor league baseball business. Whoa! And so we had a portfolio of affiliated minor league baseball teams uh, in random places across the country, um, Dayton, Ohio, Frisco, Texas, outside of Dallas, uh, because I want to pander to co-host Josh Spice. Staten Island Yankees. That's right, baby. Scranton wilkes Yankees, then Rail Riders. That's single A, double A right there for y'all listening. No, Just hey. Going. Scranton is triple A, my brother. No. Triple A. Hey, hey, shut up. up Scranton, the yeah, stuff. the electric city. Woo! Newspaper. Um, Hagerstown, Maryland. Erie, Pennsylvania. You know, all the places you guys go when you go on vacation. Um, and we, we had uh, a, an equity partner. Out of New York that had invested in the business, and those guys don't do things forever. Mm. And it kind of came to the end of the horizon for our investor and good friend Bill Luby, who at one point was an owner and may have even been like the executive chairman or managing director of Derby County. Okay Whoa. So they go, they go to Wembley. And play, I think, against QPR in the winner-gets-promoted game. And they're dominating the game. Guy gets sent off for QPR. So it's 11 against 10. And I forget the guy's name, but a fairly well-known player, like, takes a ball out of the air and just rockets it in. QPR wins. Derby County, like, just watches all that TV money go down the drain. (laughs) But anyway, um, the bill needed to get out just because that's the the life cycle of how they invest, and so as we were going through a process of trying to sell everything as one, and we had at the time like five teams, uh, we owned part of a concessions company, part of a, a seating company, mm-hmm. and um, every Couple few weeks, Peter would stick his head in my office and say, "You know, I might do this MLS thing now." By now, he's co-managing owner of the Warriors. Yep. He's got at least one ring at this point, maybe two. <coughs> you know, owner of the Dodgers.
1: Damn, it just hit me that he was just winning rings during the oh, whole lead up to LAFC dude, launching. dude, Yeah,
3: <laughs> um, and and you know is uh. Significant investor in Team Liquid, which is one of the most successful esports teams on the planet. So he would say, I might do this soccer thing I don't really know. Not really my sport. I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't know if it's a bad idea. (coughs) And if I do, maybe there's something for you to do. But hey, 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 you can't run it. You can't run it. You can't run it. There's a guy. And that was in original group, and I can't remember who the other people were. Right, You know, then, and this starts in like 2012, mm. and then by 2014, the group he was originally in gets outbid by Henry Rubin, Vincent, Tom Penn, and MLS is concerned, second attempt at a second franchise in LA, mm-hmm. you can't fail. Mm. You cannot fail, it has to work. Because there won't be a third time, right? And the league suggests to Tom Henry Vincent Rubin you need people who understand LA and the peculiarities and what makes it great and what makes people turn up, etc. And we're never, you know, we're not going to tell you what to do, but you should meet this guy, Peter Goober. And. So they meet him, and impossible not to be impressed and want to work with him Mm -hmm. and just love him as a person because his energy level is off the charts and his creativity and intellect is also off the charts. Mm -hmm. So Peter ends up in the group, and Peter does what he does and says, all right, you know, we want to take people on this emotional journey. We're starting in 14. We're not playing until 18 going to get my friend Magic in I'm going to get my friend Tony Robbins in I'm going to get some guys from the Dodgers some guys from the Warriors bring expertise and you know and the next thing you know you have this wild ownership group
1: Peter's contact list is wild <laughs>
3: it's it's look man he's been in this town for well over 40 years uh-huh. um,
0: so Peter also knew Brandon
3: Peter knew Brandon wow. through Liquid. UCLA, where Peter oh. has been a professor for a long, long time and is now actually on the UFC Board of Regents. Mm-hmm. And I think the dean of the business school, or, or one of the schools, but I think it was the business school, connected Peter and Brandon. Um, so Peter then says, I'm doing this, and there might be something for you to do, but you can't run it. 'Cause I was running the baseball business. You can't run it. There's a guy, Tom Penn, he's gonna run it. But maybe there's something for you to do. I don't know. And I, I'll introduce you. I'm not I don't run this, so I can't make you you know, I can't make any promises. I'll introduce you, whatever happens, happens.
0: And your ears have been perked since two thousand twelve, like you're like, Wow, this sounds cool, I'm or like, are you this kinda wishy washy the whole
3: um, time. Um <coughs> I'm in between. Okay. Um played soccer as a kid, loved the game, I'm part of that. You know, a generation where, oh, look at everybody who's playing. Like, when these kids grow up, they're going to want to go consume it the way people consume Major League Baseball and the NBA, and it's going to be the biggest thing. And then it wasn't. And then another 10 years passed, and it wasn't. And it wasn't. And so it was interesting, but I was pretty immersed in baseball. We got rid of everything, but we kept. We had a triple-A team in Oklahoma City, which, um, apropos of prior conversation, was actually the affiliate of the Houston Astros at the time. But they then vacated, and the Dodgers wanted to get out of Albuquerque Mm -hmm. because of the altitude, kind of like playing in Denver. And we ended up buying it kind of from ourselves, and we brought in the Dodgers as a partner. Okay, And that's still there. So the Dodger, the AAA team in Oklahoma City is now the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Mm. But anyway, um, so Peter's like, we're doing this. I did it. And the next thing you know, Henry, Alice Sheng, former 12, 15 year Clipper person Mm -hmm. who was the first employee at LAFC, and Tom show up at the office. And meet Tom and it's like yeah we should talk and, you know I want to hear about what you're doing um, and at the same time I'm I'm starting to learn about where the league is and the league is about to turn 20 years old and the league is sharing all kinds of information with Tom and Peter and Henry and they're sharing it with me and what comes clear is whether or not it happens only time will tell but in 2014 my assessment was this is like the moment this is the moment mm-hmm. the league has come a long 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 way mm-hmm. um, it's impressive that going into that 20th season they're taking the time and putting in the effort and the resources and spending some money to figure out like what worked what didn't work mm-hmm. why did it work here but it didn't work there and you know, who are our fans, who could be our fans, and what's the opportunity. And a lot of what I heard resonated because it was similar to all of this experience in minor league baseball. In minor league baseball, you can't market Corey Seager. Mm. Why? Because tomorrow he's going to be gone, Mm. except you don't know it. You might have him for a week, a month You might have him the whole year You don't know when he's going to be gone So you can't really market that Mm. So what you're Doing is you're building an entertainment Experience Around what happens To be a baseball game Mm. And what you want is people to go Home happy because they had A really good experience Mm. And then they're going to come back Because they had a really good experience Mm. And What we heard, based on research, was that it wasn't so much winning and losing that caused avid MLS fans, supporters, to embrace their club. It was the experience, and they wanted to know that ownership was making an honest effort to put a good product on the field. Mm. And it wasn't, you know, some random free agent signing, you know, like back in my, to use my Cubs as an example, you know, when they weren't good, they would sign one, you know, not so awesome person, and then go, but hey, we signed Cliff Floyd. Like, <laughs> come on, yeah. we're trying, right? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. we're trying, but you're not. Mm-hmm. You're you're just trying to do enough to give the impression. Mm. So, the avid MLS fan just wanted to know that ownership was trying to put a quality product on the field, and that the guys on the field, sort of like my old Chicago Bears that they used to call like the Grabowskis, the the lunch pail guys, mm. like they're gonna go out there and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna bleed. And they're going to give it everything. And if they win, great. If they lose, they gave it everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what the fans wanted. And this was also the moment where you were starting to see the average age of the designated player go from that, oh, like we're a retirement league, Mm -hmm. to young, exciting, the Diego Rossi, the Brian Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. Hey, we don't know. This guy might be, could be and we just want to go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And if it turns out that he is, great. And if he's not, that's okay cuz it was it was cool to go for that ride. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, it it was appealing as an opportunity to be a part of the game at that moment mm-hmm. cuz you know now we're 5 years removed from that moment. Mm-hmm. Um and it was, you know, it was a game I loved. And, you know, I talked to Bob Bradley about this because we're roughly contemporaries. Like, played the game when it was super uncool, mm-hmm. right? It was super uncool. You're only cool if you played football, mm-hmm. right? Win, lose, whatever, you played football. And I just felt like this was a time where. This game in this market could go out and make a statement mm-hmm. and take the opportunity. Um, and the other thing I knew from my experience in baseball, when you have the opportunity you're going through this now, Josh, with the Clippers you've got a history,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and as long as you're at the Clippers, you're going to have to deal with that history. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah. It's now your history. You will live it. You will never shake it. The beauty of starting something new is we get to open the book to page one, mm-hmm. and we get to look at each other and say, you know, do we, What story do we want to tell? And that's when, you know, looking back on it, and, you know, if you guys come to the office... On Mm 7th, we've got this big framed, um, you know, uh, flip chart piece of paper that is from a session with Gensler, the architects who designed the building, from like late 2014, Mm -hmm. where there was a magic man with the markers, who every time he heard something he thought was interesting would go to the wall and write it and highlight it Mm -hmm. and whatever. And if you stand there and you just read it, you're like, they talked a lot of shit, but this is really what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. This is what the building is, this Mm -hmm. is what the building stands for, this is the experience, this is what it's like. And I knew, I felt like from the experiences that I had accumulated with Peter in minor league baseball that we could do this mm. and we always talked about the most successful team we had was in Dayton Ohio mm. the Dayton Dragons that currently holds the consecutive sellout streak for professional sports in North America Wow, 8,500 people but so what mm. yeah, yeah. it's the streak mm. right and we always talked about this love affair with the community in Dayton and you know, this is a variation on the theme because you're, you're building a community and you're bonding with the community mm-hmm. and the community takes pride in the club mm-hmm. and showing up for the
2: club. Mm-hmm.
3: Win, lose, otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it's about that experience mm-hmm. and that experience together. And I just felt like we knew how to do that. Mm. Right, mm. and we also knew how to fill a building with people. Mm. And I still remember, and I remind Tom of <coughs> this often. We were standing in the hall <coughs> at our old offices on Wilshire Boulevard that we shared with Goober and Mandalay Entertainment. Well, I just said, "Well, you know, we'll sell every ticket." And he looked at me like I was out of my mind. I'm like, "Tom, it's like pretty easy, right?" Like, we're selling 8,500 tickets, not to 17, mm-hmm. but to 70 mm. really lousy, low-A baseball <laughs> games in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And Dayton, Ohio is only yay big. L.A. is freaking massive. And, the, and people who love the game are here. We just have to create that experience and that community that they're looking for
2: yeah.
3: to take part in the game they love. Mm-hmm.
2: So there you go.
0: So now now that you... Yes. You, once things just start getting closer you start getting more and more excited about the idea. Mm. At some point are you just like Larry the guy who grew up watching Chicago sports Larry the guy who's, who's loved sports who got to work in sports now with minor league baseball are you like at the at the edge of a cliff, like, realizing, like, wow, I'm, I'm like, going to have to go all in if I do this. But that... Describe that moment to me where you know you're going to, like, jump in and you and Tom start talking about working together and you see all this and you talk to, you know, everyone involved and you just decide to jump.
3: Yeah, so... I start at the beginning, back in 2014, and we're still... Unwinding some of this baseball stuff, and it's not a full time thing. And what ended up happening is, you know, the baseball stuff kind of winds down. At one point, we were hoping to get a single A Dodger affiliate out in the San Fernando Valley. That doesn't happen for a bunch of reasons. And there are these moments where. We have there are other people involved who are overseeing certain things, and that doesn't work out. And I just I say to Tom, you know, if you want me to do that, I'll do that.
0: And and at this point, do you really badly want to do this? But you sort of like put on the face of like "Eh, I could do it or not do it.
3: I'm, you know, I'm I I have a role that you know. Was a lot Mm -hmm. right Um, so it wasn't I mean I was in Mm -hmm. there was no turning back and I didn't want to turn back Um, but I was more than happy to do more and get deeper into it because I felt like I knew what we needed to do Mm -hmm. and I felt like I could help Um, and, you know, there were, we, we really, you know, and, and driven by Henry a lot, you know, there was just like big, big dreams Mm -hmm. about what it could be and what it could be like. And I just, as time went on, there were these little things where you'd be like, you know, we're driving on this road and there are signposts and we keep passing these signposts Mm. that are telling us something and I know it can't be bad, right? So whether it was um, the the volume of snapback hats that we were selling on the MLS shop before we had a building or a player Mm. or, or anything and yet People were buying the hat mm-hmm. for a wide variety of reasons. Some people were on board with the club. Other people just thought it was a cool hat. Yeah. And they saw Chris Paul wearing it, and he posted it on Instagram. Where do I get the hat, right? Um, down to the number of, you know, ticket deposits we had to the number of people who showed up at Union Station for both the the, the press event around the Crest Lawn uh-huh. and then that night for kind of just like the celebration of LAFC and yeah. football in LA mm-hmm. and you know it always struck me and I'll never forget you know Thorrington played all over the world and played for a number of clubs in MLS and when we would do events like the um, that foundation event where you got to sign the concrete that came together to form yeah. the circle and went in at center pitch we're there for that. and there were, I don't know, there were a couple thousand people there on a Saturday afternoon when there was a Dodger fan fest at the <laughs> ravine And I think the NHL All-Star game was in town. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it was the only thing to do from a sports perspective. It never is in L.A., huh? Right. And, you know, Thorington would always just sit back and marvel at all the people because he would say things like, you realize when I was in Chicago playing for the Fire, we could have said, like, the whole team is going to be on the corner of State and Lake and we will take all requests no requests denied we'll do whatever you ask <laughs> and 30 people would show up right <coughs> and so just you know his reaction yeah to what was happening was a good way to kind of level set and you couldn't help but get the sense that this thing was on a pretty interesting trajectory. Mm-hmm. Could you walk us through some of the
4: the gaps that might have been there that you're like, okay I can do that, that I can I've seen that work in the past that um, you you feel like when you, you just first flying up-
0: back to Dayton, Ohio every weekend being like, <laughs> okay guys what are we what do we do exactly here? I mean Go that's incredible. Them, but, like the, yeah. the
4: sell house story, like what what what, yeah, okay. what were your first couple um, projects you were part of, decisions you were part of that you're like, this is where I can apply my kind of expertise?
3: Well like the first thing that everybody, and and this is what's funny, you know, like everybody meant six people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whether it was a meeting in a conference room or everybody got in a car, like the whole company, hey, here we go. <laughs> the whole club. Um, you know, really the first order of business was where are we going to be? Mm. Because the expansion rights were Orange County, L.A. County. Wow. and so you know we were down in the city of Tustin, we were in Anaheim, Long Beach, we were out in the valley. Mm. So it could have been, you know, the San Fernando Valley Football Club yeah. or it could have been the Newport Beach whatever. Yeah. Um and so that the 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 core exercise in the beginning was you know, where are we going? Where's and I think, yeah. you know, we had a pretty good idea that this was going to be where we ended up. But yeah. you had to kind of vet out all the other opportunities. Um, and, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, you, you go through a good process. you got to have a good process. Uh-huh. And, you know, you do the thing where you draw the line in the middle of the page and you say, all right, like, so, the city of Tustin, pro, con. Sure. San Fernando Valley, pro, con. <coughs> and you make what is a, a really well-thought good decision uh-huh. that turns out to be pure genius, mm. right? Because we didn't jump on it because we didn't have to jump on it. Mm. But it was early supporters who jumped on Hey, when we have a stadium, this will be the view from our stadium. Look, it's downtown LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, look at the view from that other stadium. Oh, that's an IKEA store, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that you can't fake location. Yeah. You can't do it, and you know that then, you know, led to and informed all these other decisions. Right and 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 a roast goes in the middle of this of uh, you know city first yeah well, city first yeah what,
0: what was like the har- what was the hardest part like what were the what were the, like in those early days for you personally you know just being involved in like you're creating something new which on the one hand is exciting you talked about the blank page and all that but was there ever like nights where you were just like you know like stressing out like if we don't do this decision right so you're going to like
3: here's so what was always
4: yeah, what's on that cons list of the LA? Uh,
3: the the clock was always ticking. So even though you can go back to some original or early day social posts, it might even be on scarfs. But you have kind of that like LAFC twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like <coughs> it was really highly unlikely that it was twenty seventeen, mm. right? But there was a chance and in 2014 that sounded better mm. you know in terms of getting folks like
1: you guys to mm. come along for the journey mm. um, it's like telling someone you're five minutes out when you're 15, 20 minutes.
3: exactly yeah. exactly
1: so um,
3: but at the same time we're thinking alright you know the spring of 2018 so it's gonna take You know, eighteen months or whatever to build this thing, and you're gonna need. You know, if we end up here, we're gonna have to take this thing down. It's an old building, asbestos, other things that you can't just blow that thing up. Yeah, you kind of got to go in with the tweezer, take it out, put it in the, you know, CSI evidence bag, seal it, mark it, and account for where it's going. So that takes time, and, you know, you have to. Um, arrange for the financing for the building because here in the great state of California, you know no public money,
2: mm-hmm. so
3: you got to figure out how you're going to do that. And so when you when you work backwards on the calendar, like there was never a minute when we weren't on the clock. So it was like we got to get a site decision made by this moment in time. Yeah. because then we ha- you know so by the end of fifteen. And then by the end of '16, we have to have it financed because we got to put a shovel in the ground, and, <laughs> and right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think those were the real moments where, even when we we're you know deep, deep in it with USC, because USC is our landlord, right? Um, you know, where we were going there. We kind of said, all right, we got to get this done by this point. So let's, okay, every, I could look at my camera. It's like every Monday at 3 o'clock, we're coming over. Yeah. Because if we don't do that, we're not going to get done. This thing is just going to spin around forever. There was
0: never a time where it was like, all right, guys, it's going to have to be 2019.
3: uh, No, like we just refused.
0: And there was never a push like we're doing 2017. It was, like, kind of early on. No, like because months in,
3: maybe. We, we felt like it's sort of like the – it's a variation on the why not take over Chivas and just roll. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you, you – you're going to open one time, mm-hmm. and you have to get it right. And, you know, the notion of do we play pick a place, yeah, you know, yeah. the Rose Bowl, the Coliseum – Do we go a la Chivas and play when the Galaxy's not playing at, you know, Home Depot, StubHub, Dignity Health, right? And it was just, we don't want to do that. Like, we want want to open once and create this experience, not say to you and however many other people, Hey, it's kind of like what the Rams are doing. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong because there's no one right answer, but hey, come suffer through this with us. Mm. Yeah. And there will be a payoff down the road. So even though this might not be optimum, hang with us, hang right. with us, hang with us. Mm. But there's on.
4: one home opener. That's, that's right. Like it, yeah.
0: It's so, it's so cool, right? To think about now that that yeah. was the one home opener and it was at home and it was the only team in MLS history who opened in their own soccer specific stadium. Yeah. All those things like. All those the, merits, the, yeah. Like, it, none of those compares as long as that paragraph is to, like, actually being there for the first home game ever in your own stadium sure. with the view of downtown and Stefan Fry getting blinded by the lights and. Whatever yeah. happened. <laughs> Whatever happened. But it's. Uh, that's, uh, Slim's that's favorite
3: annoying. player just hit it like it was
1: unstoppable. Yeah.
0: Fuck <laughs> <laughs> the whisper. You get you get the whisper
1: treatment. Mm. I don't want to get in trouble with Thelma. I don't, I don't need her texting me and yelling at me. Rich's mom? Yeah. yeah.
0: You'll hear that episode when it comes oh, out. Yeah, it. Yeah. hasn't it hasn't come out yet. She came by. Is it's
3: she upset out. with the language or the Simon or I both. cleaned up my language so much oh, for wow. that episode? And
1: no, and she came here rocking a Simon jersey. Like she was Game she's she's taunting. Him. Oh yeah, no, she was Oh wow she was not <laughs> having it with me and my Simon <laughs> hate. This episode might come out but before that But I didn't fold episode. on that.
0: This episode might come out before that episode, so people can look forward to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all know behind. what's going on.
1: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: So, I mean, looking back, Larry, I mean, we could. I think all of us could just go around the table right now and ask you about every single decision that went sure. like, in the process, which would obviously be interesting, and maybe at some point we really will do that. But when you look back and you think about all those early choices, uh, the timing of things, knowing that the this sport was, like, happening in a trajectory that you had always felt good about. Like, what are your, I don't know, what what are your key memories of everything before that first stadium launch? Like, the one or two things that stick out where you knew, like, we did it right. Like, we, we did the things that we set out to do and this is going to work.
3: Yeah. I would say, without question, it, that... Event where we did the foundation, mm-hmm. and people were lined up before you know it wasn't really a gate, but you know, before the doors open uh, to get in, and you just had this passion with you know, supporters families and it was just a beautiful day and if you sort of peel it back Mm. like it was nothing (laughs) right it was nothing like come sign you know put your name on some concrete we did a really brief um, you know on stage I think Mia spoke John spoke um, our partner Ron John From Delta Airlines, one of our founding partners spoke.
1: Um, Where them flight discounts at Delta? (laughs) (laughs) We need them (laughs) to sponsor the pod. We're Uh, them to get our 3252
3: discounts going here. There you go. Um, You know, so that, you know, moments like that where you have a chance to just kind of step back and say, wait a minute. these people are here and it's the you know no player no coach no nothing you know and and i tell this story too often but this is benedict from borussia dortmund Mm -hmm. here at our experience center on pico um when we did a joint event with some of the guys from BVB, that was like in January of the eighteen, and mm-hmm. we announced that they were going to come play for a fr- play a friendly, whatever. Some of their supporters, local supporters, came, and Benedict asked Julio, "Right, hey, I apologize. I'm German. I'm very direct, so don't be insulted. But I don't understand why you do this." <laughs> why do you do this? No player, you know, no, no, none of this, none of that, no nothing. I just don't understand. And we had a lot of those moments where if you kind of stepped back, you're like, I don't know why they're here, but I love it. Yeah. And this is awesome. And imagine, you know, when we actually start to play, and we open a building, and people can come to the building. Um, and really, you know, Julio's answer to that question, you know, was very impactful and telling for me because his answer was, because in 30 years, when somebody asks my children's children, why do you support LAFC? My grandchildren will say grandfather helped build this club.
2: And you like, whoa.
1: Like, that's exactly that's it. That's it. God damn I need to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> is open for business, Get on ladies. it. Let's go. Get on yeah. it.
4: Uh, it's the first time that anyone's mentioned the the kind of um, foundation event, the the groundbreaking event as, as, as a seven oh one but mm. now it's something that I, I remember and um we I wasn't even I don't think really associated with uh, S G at the no. time. No, well, there was no TSG, right? Yeah, no TSG at the time, and all we needed were, um, was the LA logo, was the LA logo, and and the promise of something in the future, and um, that was enough for us to take out. I remember there was like a bucket of sharpies, and we we're all just um, right. signing something that we that we had um, all kind of committed to, and that was a, it was a beautiful thing at that moment because it's that's wild. You bring I haven't thought about that moment in a long time, but um, I love that. I love that um It was, and I yeah.
1: think in essence that's kind of what made me fall in love with. Before the club, the community was that. That same thought was, "What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> like, what the fuck are they yeah. popping smoke for? Like, why the fuck did they already have chants? Right? Why do they already have banners and flags and logos? Yeah. And, Who the
4: fuck are these guys? That's why we haven't mentioned that in a while. But yeah. yeah, I
1: remember in the first the episodes that we were gathering
4: around. We that feeling of like, what is this that we got ourselves into was so prevalent
1: among yeah. all of us. And then you see, like, in Instagram stories, like, a little bit of fucking, like, <coughs> Lord Commander, and you're like, what the yeah. fuck is going on there? And literally, it's it's those images and videos and, you know, like, it's, it's like you said, it's all about timing. It's like, yeah. we came up in a time of social media where you got to see what was going on from, you know, our favorite fucking psychopaths, 3252. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, before, like you said, you and I even had any thought that we would become anything like a supporter. If anything, like supporters was just like a YouTube video that you would go watch like after European matches and be like, that shit's dope. Because it's so far from anything that you would expect you would be doing, especially coming from, you know, an uptight city like L.A., to be honest, where everyone's kind of too cool to kick it. Uh, especially coming from a Korean American background we're way too cool to fucking if you're at a hip hop concert filled with Koreans it's the most fucking dead crowd you'll ever fucking see um, uh, PK a stand up comedian from K-Town has a good bit about it where he's saying like if you want to win over a Korean crowd and you're a rapper you you come out and say like um, if you're feeling me sit still <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but it's, it's really all that it was that well, initially started as like a what the fuck turned into, a, a, you know, being curious about the club. Yeah. And then you realize there is no fucking club, so you become curious about this community. Right, and yeah. You, you meet those people, and now you have TSG.
4: Right, it'd be funny to see all the... If we take a look into the photos of that event, like how many familiar characters that are were there mm-hmm. at yeah, the yeah. time. Probably skinnier because
1: we
3: weren't drinking as much. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and I can't remember if it was that night... Some other night, but at the Experience Center, it it kind of went off, and I remember getting text from Rich. Rich is sending me video Mm. where like there everybody's in that street on the Mm cul-de-sac, and the flares are going off, and the smoke is going off, and the music, and
0: again, it's like for what?
3: but it's yeah, beautiful yeah. Mm.
0: well like you said when you take these things in isolation pens in a bucket and a slab of concrete mm. a cul-de-sac in a major city music smoke whatever like these things by themselves have no meaning of course right mm. but when a group of people collectively decide that they do have meaning yeah. and they're behaving toward it in a reverent way of some kind then obviously now that 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 pops off the page it's no longer just like a 2D thing you're looking at it's like very 3D and it's around you and you Start to feel it yeah. in a way that like other good cultural phenomenon do take off the same way, right? Um, so I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't surprise me in some ways, and I think all of us here sitting at this table, Larry most of all, had like had moments or events that they went to early on where you were like both confused, fascinated, and mostly just like at awe about like what you were seeing. Yeah. So that's no, and
3: I mean you can you can take it event by event. Yeah. The Bob announcement mm. and the Bob the Builder <laughs> and he's like thirty two fifty two. I'm with you. You not know, uh,
0: say that. I think word for yeah. word, verbatim.
3: And uh, you know, and then the Carlos thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you know, Carlos happens upon. We did a staff meeting that we call Galazzo. We did a staff meeting out in the park before the press conference to announce Carlos and. They bring Carlos in, and I'm in a Vela jersey, you know, in his honor. And I hand him one of the LAFC lucha masks. And he looks at it, and his hair looks good. And he's (laughs) like, he doesn't want to put it on, but he puts it on. And then he immediately does the, you know, like, you know, became that guy. Uh, It was awesome. Um, That's a big deal. Yeah, and you just have these moments where. And one of my favorite moments, because we've been on the, the supporter thing, we're in Salt Lake. I think it was game two, mm-hmm. right? And we're next to some people from Salt Lake, and we're not far from their supporter section, which is,
2: mm,
3: you know. Um, <laughs> and Guy leans over and says, so, like, you guys haven't opened your stadium. You haven't had a home game. So, how are you going How are like your supporters gonna know how to do that? And by now, you, everybody's in the parking lot on Sundays, uh-huh. working it out. <laughs> yep. And I'm just like, uh, you know, I th- I think it's gonna be okay. I, th- I think it's gonna be okay. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be okay. They'll find a Don't way. Don't worry about it. And you know, then we open, it and it's just like, boom. Uh,
0: boom. all right. Boom. I think this has got to be the last question for the evening. Okay, we've held you long enough. If if Henry's vision was to make this a global club and if you know, if people want to argue that it's not already, given the international support that there are, and people like Ipe, who flew over from Japan yeah. for the for the cup final, even though they didn't make it, and you know, you got the Australian support we've talked a lot about, yeah. different countries, UK. What do you think as the man who's gotta see the business way that this is all gonna go globally? Like what do you think the future of LAFC will have to look like in order for that to to happen and how quickly could it happen
3: I think it could happen very quickly because we're you know not that many days away from playing in Champions League that's right so you know on the one hand it was wild to think that you know were a handful of games into our inaugural season we just opened the building and here comes Borussia Dortmund with Pulisic and you know Super Mario to play us they flew over to play us they hung out in LA did a bunch of stuff and went home it wasn't some tour they came to play us and then we had Mm Vissel. you know with Three huge stars. Yeah, um, so now <laughs> to play in a tournament with the top clubs in the region where if we win, we advance into a truly global tournament of the best clubs on the planet and we've been at it for we've played two seasons I think that it could be that soon and I do think that you know one of those it was more than one moment but some of those great moments where you're kind of like oh shit (laughs) you know this last world cup where Carlos goes to play for Mexico and you're watching him on the biggest stage for global football on a field with the best players in the world and commentators are talking about who's the best player on the field at the moment and pretty often they were talking about Carlos Vela. Yeah. And so, I, mean, I think there's an argument that there's Some element of being global already. Mm. And we,
0: I mean, we love talking about the community, though, and like the culture, like the part of it that, that, the non-sporting side. Obviously, if you if you win the Champions League and then you go and you Mm -hmm. win the Club World Cup or even compete against the European powers, you're obviously on that stage. But for all the other parts that we often, you know, talk about, do you think like this is naturally going that direction? It's a freight train; nothing's going to stop it. Or do you think that? You know the cultural part and the the iconography of the team, the spirit of community mm-hmm. in this city, that then gets seen and reflected through.
3: Oh, I think that's happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's happened, whether through our good friends at Copa 90, yeah. or some of the other, you know, globally recognized um, outlets where they've talked about LAFC. They've specifically talked about the 3252 and things like. You know, Jump for LA Football Club. You know, are making their rounds uh, all over. Um, I I think that that has already started to happen, um, and I think if if the thirty two fifty two can continue on this path and continue to um Always, and what's been so impressive is the ability and the discipline of the leadership of the 3252. Because it's not easy, right? It's not easy to hold it together with different groups and different, you know, priorities and agendas and whatever. But for the leadership to always be able to bring it back to, you know, let's not all forget what this is all about. And we have to put these things aside. When Julio and Chicolin said, you know what, this is becoming divisive. We're not no. running against each other anymore. We're just going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of those, oh my God. Like, like we should bring people from Washington to come talk to these guys <laughs> and learn how to govern, yeah. right? Um, so I think if we. We stay on that path. And again, um, I said it before with the Houston example and after the Seattle playoff loss example. Like, after year one, you're like, how can this get better? Like, how can (coughs) this group be better than they already are? Because they're phenomenal. And yet, here it comes. And it Mm -hmm. it comes from nowhere, right? You have, I believe it was a handful of the Empire boys... You know, maybe after a few drinks, maybe not. Um, Knowing on, them, yes. On that, Christmas yeah. tree lane, kind of going, hey, what about this yeah. U-la thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, maybe we should try that in the next, it's like a legend, yeah. just a legend. Um, and the way the, um, the 3252 has traveled, and it's been fascinating, because it can be this big, or it can be that big, Uh, which is great on a podcast because I'm using my hands to (laughs) demonstrate size. The most visual medium. Yes, yes. yes. Um, But, you know, whether it's 50 people, 500 people, a couple thousand people, you know, when the 3252 is in the house, you know they're in the house. And you hear them through the TV broadcast. You see it. uh, It's incredible. I mean, the turnout in Salt Lake City for our first match in the U.S. Open Cup this go-round was crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, basically that was we're getting on a bus and we're driving 10 hours or whatever it takes to get to Salt Lake. We're going to go to the match. Then you know what we're going to do? We're going to get back on that effing bus and we're going to go back to L.A. Like, that commitment, that passion, and just the energy in the stands and up in San Jose to watch the physical building shaking was crazy. Just
2: crazy. Ooh. So I,
3: I think I think the world is taking notice. I think the world
1: is taking notice.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, guys. Well, I mean, to the thirty-two fifty-two. Um, the only thing I would say to add on to that is we've already broken the ice. Like you said, it's it's starting to get there. Uh, we just need to continue to. To keep approaching things with appreciation first of all for everything that that we've gone through and where we want to go and humility just with each other because like you said the 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 example that cheeky lean and julio showed us you know when there were divisions being created during their time of running for for a position for a director position um Yeah, that's just how we got to continue to act. You know, when you're growing something like this, you're gonna keep running. You're gonna run into speed bumps, and you have to work through those together. Yeah. And on that note.
0: That's a dickhead with a heart of gold, guys. Yeah. Look what the the black tea will do to people. (laughs) Come on the pod. Feel better about the world.
1: (laughs) And on that note, this has been another episode of the FCFC Pod. Thank you, Larry. Thank uh, you. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.
2: FCFC 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 FCFC, F-C-F-C. F-C-F-C.